This is a sports pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along Wednesday afternoon. And because it's Wednesday, that means John Michael Hofling from ABC10 in studio with us. Tyree Smith, other obligations, busy guy, not with us today, but it's all right, man. Good to see yeah. you again. What's up? Always good to see you, man. So, yeah, you know, a lot is up right now. <laughs> uh, high school football practice just started on Monday, so went to Gwyn on Monday, Ishman yesterday, today was Nagani. I'm trying to get some more schools on the uh, on the docket. I've called a lot, but you know they're not answering my calls, man. <laughs> if you're listening, get back to Michael. I've been trying, man. <laughs> called Lakeland and Hubble. I really want to do something on them. Superior Central, okay. uh, Escanaba, uh, Kingsford. Putting all, on some all the, miles. All the places, man. I, I want to. Ta- I want to talk to everybody. I want to get at least ten schools in before the season starts. I like uh, that. Thursday, August 29th, right? Yep. So I want to get at least ten schools in. I got three right now. Seven more to go. You're getting there. Yeah, You're getting there. I tell you what, our second airing of the Marquette County kickoff show aired last night at 7. If you missed it, it's on demand with our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple iStore, Google Play. The schedule for the remaining airtimes is available on our social media, Facebook and Twitter. we got a lot to get to today. We've got a little bit of basketball talk. It's not too early for basketball, I wouldn't say. Plus... A Little League World Series controversy, perhaps. One team that everyone hates up here, we can all agree we just hate them, is doing something really stupid that's guaranteed to make you mad. And the NBA All-Decade teams were announced. All that more coming up over the course of the next hour, but let's start with this. I want to start something new here. I want to start going forward with this called Who Won the Evening? A spinoff of some sorts of what they do on Golik and Wingo, Who Won the Weekend? But we look back at what happened the night before, and we wonder, who won that evening? Who was the big winner from Tuesday night? And I tell you what, last night I thought there was a clear choice that could not be beaten. But then today, I think it has a challenger, so I want to get your thoughts on it. Last night I thought there's no way anyone could have a better day than Jose Quintana. He's had his struggles in a Cubs uniform. He's not the same dominant pitcher he was with the White Sox. But last night he struck out 14 in six innings. So he recorded 18 outs, 14 of them. By the strikeout, allowed just one earned run in six innings, of course. In Cubs fashion, they lose. They waste that start against the hapless <laughs> Phillies and their offense. I like they use hapless for the Phillies. And they've taken over. That Their offense is so bad, they have been taken over by a 75-year-old interim hitting coach. <laughs> and that is the state the Phillies are in right now. So I thought that has to be the performance of the night. No one could have had a better day yesterday. But then, some numbers came out today that made me think Barstool might have had a better day. Oh, okay. I know exactly <laughs> you know where you're going. Are? Yeah, okay. Go, go for it. Why don't you ex- explain uh, it? You're familiar with Barstool. Yes. For those who aren't, Barstool is a sports satire news station. Is that what sort we of, call them? They're I guess. kind of a news station. Sort of. I we, mean, I, I've, I've learned some things from yeah. them. Their takes on sports are always satirical. Sometimes very edgy. We had a short-lived yeah. partnership with them here at ESPN a couple of years ago. And very short-lived. It was very short-lived. One show. <laughs> One show that aired at midnight and then, and then got taken off. Because we realized we can't keep airing this. We cannot be affiliated with Disney and air Barstool content. Yeah, no. So Barstool, though, they had a really good day yesterday. And it started because they got in a Twitter fracas with a member of the U.S. Congress. Someone tweeted out, If you work for Barstool and want to have a private chat about the unionization process, how little power your boss has to stop you, and how you can leverage that power to make your life better, 
My DMs are open. Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool, quoted the tweet and said, If you work for Barstool and DM this man, I will fire you on the spot. So that got the attention of several prominent figures in the United States, including freshman U.S. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She responded to Portnoy saying, If you're a boss tweeting firing threats to employees trying to unionize, you are literally breaking the law and can be sued, in your words, on the spot. All workers in the U.S. have the protected freedom to organize for better conditions. See the NLRB and union organizations for tips. Portnoy wasn't happy with it. No. He responded to Congresswoman AOC. He challenged her to a debate and said, Welcome to the Thunderdome. (laughs) And Twitter went crazy. And there were so many people getting involved in this, including Donald Trump Jr. He said it was AOC's biggest mistake ever on Twitter to challenge Barstool. She is one of the most polarizing people in this country. Well, some people love her, some people don't, but you don't want to start a fight with Barstool. That's just well, not, you're not going to win. I mean, other people have tried to start fights with her, right? Ben Shapiro tried to start, tried, mm-hmm. tried to debate her. He tried her, to debate her, But yeah. like, just like she did with uh, Barstool just now, she deflected it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably good that she did, because she wasn't going to win that fight. Bless you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Fighting the cold. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, there was one clear winner. We now have the official numbers and it was not Miss Axesio Cortez. Barstool, like many websites, they have ad revenue. Every time you go to their site, you see ads there, they make money. Common practice. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Barstool gained more Twitter followers than any other day this calendar year. They beat their previous record of Super Bowl Sunday. Plus, they had 1.1 billion, with a B, 1.1 billion media impressions. And that equated to $22 million. All for getting in a fight with a U.S. congresswoman on Twitter. That's all you got to do. You got you to tweet at her uh, mentioning the Thunderdome and a clip from Pacific Rim, and that's all you got to do. So while I thought Quintana's performance was even more than impressive, I think I'm leaning Barstool here. I mean, because, well, because Barstool, all right, you, you got 14 strikeouts, right? Mm-hmm. So you in a bear, losing effort. Yeah, you could bear 14 and you lost to $22 million <laughs> and you won. You can't compare those. I mean, it was a great night for Quintana. Probably his best performance of his, uh, maybe of his career. Of his Cubs career. Cubs career, for sure. And Barstool made $22 million in one day, all because a congresswoman decided to come at them on Twitter. I got to give Barstool the edge here. They won yesterday. Yeah, that's a big dub. (laughs) Oh, I tell you what, what else happened lately? Are you familiar with awful announcing? I'm not being coy. I mean, yeah, I listened to you before. Not the first person who's told me that. Awful Announcing is a website on Twitter. Oh, okay. okay. And what they do every year is they have a nationwide fan vote. Fans all across the country can rank and grade their favorite MLB broadcast teams. Okay. And every year they come out with a ranking system that shows who is considered the best play-by-play team, television play-by-play team in America. For the first time in probably since they've started these rankings, the Chicago White Sox were not last because Hawk Harrelson would always bring them to the bottom because no one liked Hawk well, except White Sox it, fans. Yeah, well, that's the thing, man. As long as you please the people that are listening to you. <laughs> as long as you're making your fan base happy, right. Yeah. And Hawk was the Personal, ultimate Personally, homer. I love Hawk. I, I, I aspire to be like Hawk. <laughs> I aspire to have the idioms that Hawk Harrelson does. Uh, the lowest-ranked broadcast team in Major League Baseball this year actually went to the Washington Nationals. Really? 
I would have thought Detroit's after you know what happened last year. It's Detroit like is twenty eighth okay. in the rankings. The word I kept seeing was dry, but I've never listened to Matt Shepard and Kirk Gibson. They were twenty eighth. The Brewers were eighth. Your Giants were fifth. Dwayne yeah. Kuyper does a really good job. Dwayne Kuyper's always been amazing, and I know Dodger fans hate him because they think he's too much of a homer. But I mean, you got to be a little bit, right? Got to be a little bit. I yeah. Mean, as long as you're professional about it. Like, I can handle homers. I cannot handle unprofessionalism. Like, okay, if you're broadcasting for the Duluth Huskies, right, mm-hmm. and then Fond du Lac or whatever, Green Bay hits a walk-off home run, you're not going to be like, and well done, Green Bay! You're going to be like, aw, and Duluth you know, get the hands a, gets handed a tough loss, right? And you just got to take it. But if it were the other way around, you'd be super excited about it, right? You got to be a little bit. Last year, as you know, you and I were both there. I was on the call for the Summer Collegiate World Series winner-take-all yeah, game right. three. Duluth played Fond du Lac. You were there as the TV host uh, for the, the North Bush League hosts, Network, yeah. right? And you and I both know George. George, yeah, George Giles, yeah. Over, I don't know what his title is, but he like overviews <laughs> media at the North League. Something about that, yeah. And before the game, he told me specifically, this was what you just said reminded me of it, even if Fond du Lac wins... Your final out call is going to be used in the hype video for the 2019 yep, season. I, I was editing that video. Yep. And then I was like, gosh, what if Fondy wins? Is it going to be a really bad, like, how am I going to use that? And Fondy did win a heartbreaker. Yeah. Duluth had the MVP at the plate representing the winning run, popped up with two outs, ended the ball game. I thought I did okay. It was pretty impartial on the call. No, no you, you did well. You did well. I, I, I looked at that and I went, yeah, that's good. <laughs> That'll work. Uh, I tell you what, the top-ranked play-by-play team in Major League Baseball this year went to the San Diego Padres, Don Orsillo, which I'm not a huge Padres guy. I'm not a Padres you know guy crazy at all. Is every time I've ever heard of anything from them, mm-hmm. it's always them complaining about the Padres. <laughs> you know what? I am not a Padres guy in the least, but I'm so happy for Don Orsillo. What was it, 2013 or 14? The Red Sox fired him. And they've never made a personnel move. Like, maybe the Babe Ruth trade to New York, like, 100 years ago. That <laughs> could equate... That set the precedent. Yeah, that could equate to not bringing back Don Orsillo, because he is so talented at what he does. And I just remember thinking when I saw that news on Twitter, whoever gets Don Orsillo is getting an absolute steal. And I'm happy for him that he landed back on his feet, because he is one of the best in the business, and he's being recognized for it. So in that sense, I'm happy. Yeah, but also in the same sense, like like I said, every time I've ever heard him, he's complaining about the Padres. <laughs> uh, I, I'll look on Facebook and I'll see, oh, check out this broadcasting highlight. And he's like, well, you know what? We just don't have that offense that I think we need. And it's, being just, it's just atrocious out here right now. <laughs> he's being truthful, though. Yeah, I, I, a little, uh, no, definitely more than a little bit. And I guess there is a little bit of a level of respect to that, but at the same time, like I feel like you got to be positive about your own guys. You probably do. I give him credit for not wanting to throw out fluff, but I tell you what, it would be hard to broadcast the Padres and still be good at it, and Don Orsillo finds a way to do it. Yeah. So good for him in yeah. that sense. Uh, I tell you what, you hear a few days ago, I think it was Sunday, the Cubs were playing the Reds, Chris Bryant homered, and the Reds broadcast got caught. Off mic, they thought they were off mic, dropping F-bombs, throwing pens in the booth. They were mad. Like, they really? were heated after this Chris Bryant home run. Dang. It was hilarious. The Reds <laughs> have even been, like, a good team lately. <laughs> yeah, they've been playing good baseball. Yeah. They have the best record in Major League Baseball since the All-Star break. Is that right? Yeah. Not Cleveland? I don't think so. Wow. Because I There's, know Cleveland is least, on an absolute At t- least last weekend, because 
for my birthday, I don't know if you guys know, but I do dabble in the gambling scene a little bit. <laughs> so for my birthday, I wanted to throw something out there. Okay. And uh, it was going up, and the Braves were minus 120. Yep. And I was like, no way. Reds. <laughs> Lo and behold, bottom of the 3-1 lead for the Reds. Two-run two shot from Ronald Acuna Jr. So I was, I was feeling really bad, but then extra innings, Reds won. There you so go. So, like, yeah. But they've just been incredible, in t- in like, offensively at least, even without Scooter Jeanette, but they're Castillo, bona fide ace. Mm-hmm. Bona fide ace at this point in his career, and Amir Garrett, a solid closer. So, yeah, they've got all the tools, man. They've got all the tools. Very solid offense. I just don't see why they hadn't put it together, and they've really been putting it together since the All-Star break. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. We owe you our first time out. When we come back, a team we can all agree to hate is doing something that's going to make you mad. We'll tell you about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back. Tanner Hoops, John Micah Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along as always. I tell you what, a team that we can all agree to hate, very popular to hate up here, I don't know how many fans they have, is doing something that we guarantee will make you at least roll your eyes. (laughs) Ohio State University as applied to trademark the word the. Actually, the, as they use it, but they spell it like the, because they like to call themselves the Ohio State University, as if there's more than one. They have tried to trademark the word the. It's spelled T-H-E, but they say it like the, like there's an extra E on there. They like are filing old-timey William Shakespeare. And they are filing a trademark for it. Like, are you kidding for the word the, the, one of the only three, what's the word, articles in the English language, uh, and in the. <laughs> um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, imagine if Miami tried to try to trademark the letter U. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you can't do that. Or, I mean, you remember a couple of years ago, back when Candy Crush was a big thing, yeah. and King, I think, was is the company that made them, they tried to trademark the words Candy and Saga, and it's like, how can you, no, how, how can you do that? Every, there are so many other games or universities that already use all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Why are they the Ohio State University anyway? I never got that. Oh, because, you know, there's like seven of them in the United States, right? <laughs> in the United States. I'm not mad about it. If it actually passes and they get the trademark, then I'll be mad about it. I just think it's stupid. Like, what other schools even use the or the? Probably nobody. Well, the U. The U. Okay. Yeah. All right, I could buy that. But it's not the same as the school name, the Ohio State University. Like, what's the point? I don't know, man. Like, I I guarantee you, if you went to their campus right now, you could be like, hey, what school do you go to? They'd all be like, Ohio State University. Like, maybe three or four of them, like three or four percent would be like, well, the Ohio State University. It's a small cult of people trying to get this trademark passed. They are a cult about using the Ohio State University. You just got to recognize them as the Ohio State. Yeah. It is Beyond annoying. Yeah. I hope they take it's a huge rid- step it's ri- back. It's ridiculous. How would this make them take a huge step back? No, Ryan Day being there. Oh, okay, uh, well, okay. It's not necessarily him. It's just how do you fill Urban Meyer's shoes? You don't. Right. And if there was anybody who was on you know, the same tier as Dabo or Saban, it probably was Meyer. I don't think he was necessarily, mm-hmm. but he was the closest thing that we had. Yeah, but like, like, like is the case with the NFL. There's just nobody on that top tier along with Belichick, in my opinion. No. Yeah, and it's the same thing with college football. There's nobody on Saban's tier and Dabo. I'd put Dabo there, but yeah. Saban, Saban's had a little more longevity. Right. 
I just want to see them get crushed some football season. <laughs> I, I just I hope do. Michigan beats them. Like I really hope Michigan just takes it to them this year. I hope this is the year. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to be about that yeah, point we where were, they're going to have to. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, with Urban Meyer gone, this is the time when you have to take advantage. And it just makes sense. And if you're Harbaugh, when do you ever take that next step? Like, are you going to be one of those coaches who wins the Big Ten within their first five years, like Lloyd Carr, like Coach Bo? Or are you not going to do it, like Rich Rod or Brady Hoke? To be fair, I, I, I think Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. And, like, I do have a little bit too. of a personal bias. I mean, he's from the Bay Area. Yeah. My best friend's dad actually went to high school with him. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, have, I definitely have a bias toward Harbaugh. But he's not going to take that extra step. Or we don't know if he's going to. And right. I don't know how far they can actually go. He wasn't able to win a Super Bowl with San Francisco despite making it to three NFC Championship games. Hasn't been able to win the Big Ten yet despite having phenomenal regular seasons, being ranked in the top ten consistently, or at least the top 25 consistently mm-hmm. throughout his career at Michigan. So when's he going to take that next step? And if he doesn't, they need, they need to move forward because you need somebody. Like, yeah. Mark Jackson made the Warriors great, but they didn't take that next step until Steve Kerr. Right. The Michigan offensive coordinator this year, his name is Gaddis. He comes from Alabama. I don't remember his first name. He will be handling play-calling duties this year, not Harbaugh. I think that was the right move. However, I'm not sure how long Gaddis is going to be there because if Michigan does end up winning the Big Ten this year or beating Ohio State and Gaddis is the one calling plays, he's not going to be at Michigan very long. He's going to be a head coach somewhere else. Yeah, that would be a good move. Yeah. Any, any Defensive coaches are so overlooked, or offensive coaches are so uh, fond after nowadays. Mm-hmm. I was going to say defensive coach, but defensive coaches are overlooked, and Gattis, Gattis definitely is not a defensive coach. So He had some good offenses at, at Alabama, to say the least. Yeah. But I tell you what, Harbaugh reminds me of the position Joe Madden is in right now. Like, they've had a lot of success at their respective positions. Madden, of course, managing the Cubs, Harbaugh with yeah, Michigan football. Except you know football. Madden won a championship. He did, he did, but his fan base is pretty upset with him right now, to the point where the Cubs, if they don't at least advance in the playoffs... There's a chance he could be out of a job. Okay, no, this is where I disagree. Okay, if you win a championship, you can do whatever as long as you maintain at least a little bit of a level of success. Because the Cubs are contenders right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't win a championship, that's when people need to start looking at you and wondering if you're the problem. Like the like somebody that doesn't get enough criticism, in my opinion, is Andy Reid, okay. the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, formerly the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. People put him up there as like one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's never won a Super Bowl. He's is he the longest tenured coach in the NFL? Might be. I th- he might be the longest tenured coach in the NFL, even longer than Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick. Mm. And despite that, made it to one Super Bowl, albeit lost against Tom Brady and the greatest duo of all time. Mm-hmm. But hasn't made it to a single other Super Bowl. Hasn't won a Super Bowl. So at what point do you go? Maybe he's the problem. It's weird how the standards are so different everywhere. Like Chiefs fans love what they have right now. Thirteen and three, twelve and four, maybe. That's a down yeah. year for them. Yeah. And it doesn't result in a Super Bowl and they're happy. They love Andy Reid. But Michigan fans hate going ten and or two. Apparently Chicago Cubs fans. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think that they would get better by firing Joe Madden, much like I don't think Michigan football would get better by firing Harbaugh. Yeah, but it's just like how mad can you be? He would like how can you say He's not a good coach. He won a championship. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that there are certain circumstances, like Doc moving to the Los Angeles Clippers hasn't won a championship, but he right. did win a championship with the Celtics. He did. So that's a little bit of a different case because he won a championship with a different team, with different players. Mm-hmm. But if you win a championship with the same squad you still have, how can you be mad? I don't have an answer for that because I agree with you. I, I think it would be a mistake to fire either Madden or Harbaugh, but I think both of them see it. Not hot, but they're getting a little toasty. Whether that's oh, right no, or wrong, I, I that is the truth. I definitely think that 
Jim Harbaugh's seat should be hot. But, but should they be, and are they, are two different things. And they both are starting to get a little hot. Yeah, but Jim Harbaugh should and Joe Madden's. No. You're about to win the division. You're about to make the playoffs. You're only, what, two years removed? Three years removed? Three years removed. Yep. Three years removed from a World Series win. You can argue it's not a very good division. Yeah, but by that by that logic, oh, Bruce Bochy should be out of San Francisco. And no. He will be. He will be, but that's his choice. Months. Yeah, that's his choice. Bochy is one of those guys who has res- he gains respect for what he's done in the past. He's won three championships, so he has all kinds of respect. Mm-hmm. He can do whatever he wants, and he is parting on his own terms. If he wasn't, though, I'm not sure if he would be part of San Francisco's long-term plans. Kind of reminds me of Tom Coughlin with the Giants in that sense. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. Look what Tom Coughlin did with the Jaguars now. I know, I know, but Coughlin had no place in New York's future. They had no plans to keep him, and they let him retire on his own terms. I feel like that's what's going yeah, on with Bruce Bochy Retire right on his own terms. Right, right. Yeah, and I we all I, know what it was. They're giving him a chance to step down with dignity. Yeah. But in reality, like, he won... He won two Super Bowls, two I know. With Eli Manning! Hey, he's, he is a probable Hall of Famer. Yeah, because he won two Super Bowls. Yeah. If he didn't win those two Super Bowls, do you still think he's a Hall of Famer? No. Yeah. Exactly. So how much of that can be attributed to Tom Coughlin? Yeah, but the thing is, he won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Like, it takes talent to win a Super Bowl, especially do it twice. Okay, what was their... Okay, they beat the 16-0 Patriots. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. But the other time they won the Super Bowl, what were they, 9-7 and in the regular season? Yep, they were a wildcard team. Yeah. So, like, how much of that can you actually pin on Eli Manning going 9-7 and in the regular season? You gotta play your best in the postseason. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of that has to do with Tom Coughlin's game planning, man. You think Tom Coughlin had more to do with the Giants' success than Eli did? Yes, absolutely. I don't know if we'll ever know the because answer to that question. as soon as Tom Coughlin left, that's a 5-11 and 11 team. But the thing is, the first year that they had Ben McAdoo, they were 11-5 and five and made the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Ben McAdoo was, uh, he was something else. Man, but, he was a character. And also, that was a, that was a breakthrough year. They just had, a, I think that, that was a little bit of a coincidence because they had a breakthrough from so many players on the defensive end. Like, when was Eli Apple good again? Other than that <sighs> Boy. year. Boy. He Olivier was... Vernon broke out that year. No. A couple of other guys. Landon Collins broke out that year. Janoris Jenkins hasn't been good since that year. I mean, he's been all right, but he hasn't been anything spectacular. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a lot of good, right moments happening, all coinciding at the same time that sparked that 11-5 and season. You don't want to give Eli any credit, huh? I do want to give him some credit. Obviously, you need to have a decent quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Like, e- even... Uh, Trent Dilfer, mm-hmm. even Trent Dilfer, even Joe Flacco, even uh, I, I can't think of anybody. Else. Even oh Tom Brady, like obviously they all have to be at least somewhat decent to get mm-hmm. their team to that point. You need to score points to win games, but at the same time, I think that the position that doesn't that receives way too much credit, but also not enough credit at all, is the head coaching spot. Okay, all right. They they receive way too much credit when the team's doing poorly, and not enough credit when the team is doing really well. At his prime. Was Eli Manning ever a top five quarterback? Yes, I was in his prime. Yes, okay, yes, but I don't think that they won the Super Bowl purely off of him. No, I, oh, I don't either. I mean, it took an incredible catch by well, actually David two Tyree. of them, David Tyree and then Plaxico Burris and the other one, even Mario Manningham's catch. <laughs> yes, yeah. yep. Oh man, another Michigan man. Yeah. Oh shoot, we uh, we transitioned from Harbaugh to Madden, to Bochy, to Tom Coughlin, to Eli, to Mario Manningham here in this segment. Uh, But the last thing I want to throw in before the break, who do you think lasts longer at their respective job? Not should they, but who will last longer? Joe Madden with the Cubs or Jim Harbaugh with Michigan? 
That's a toughie. That is a toughie. Um, you you already know what I think the answer should be. Right. But I'd probably say, I mean, Joe Madden's getting up there in age. I'd mm-hmm. probably say Jim Harbaugh lasts longer. Okay. As long as Jim Harbaugh shows any sort of, and like you said, they're moving in the right step, bringing in a new guy to call offensive plays. So as long as he shows that he's moving any sort of step in the right direction, Michigan fans are going to be looking at that in a positive way. Whereas, apparently, you win the division. Oh, that's not a step. That's not a good step. I need to do more. Uh, okay, I lied. Last thing before break, because you brought up the NL Central. Everyone thought the NL Central was going to be one of the better divisions in yeah, baseball same. this year. I, I agree. I, did I, too. I thought that, too. And I think until maybe the All-Star break, people thought the American League Central was maybe the worst division in baseball. I still think it's the worst division in baseball. Really? Yeah. It's better than the NL Central. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. You have two teams I would take that would all, be winning that division all, in the AL Central. They I, I, would win I don't the care. NL. All five teams in the NL Central are better than the bottom three teams in the AL Central. And I think the Cubs could... I think the Cubs... Let's say that one more time. All five teams in the NL Central are better than the bottom three teams in the AL Central. What does that prove? What do you mean? What does that prove? <laughs> Top to bottom, it's a more, it's a deeper, tougher, it's it's a deeper, stronger division. And that's not giving any discredit to the Minnesota Twins or Cleveland Indians. Those are both phenomenal ball clubs. Mm-hmm. But it is giving discredit to the Kansas City Royals, Chicago White Sox, and Detroit Tigers. Oh, could the White Sox only twelve under? They're not <laughs> awful this year. How about the Giants? Uh, what is their record now? They're one game under. They're one game under. Okay, they're pretty bad. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Twelve games under. I mean, did you in, see in a division with the White in a division with the Royals and Tigers? Did you see that clip of the Tigers crashing into each oh, other yeah. as Kyle yeah, Seager homered the other night? Yep. Jen, uh, one of our production assistants, she just got back from hip surgery. I was talking to her earlier this morning, and she was telling me that she has not been watching the Tigers. She just can't do it anymore. They're sitting thirty-five and eighty-one. I know a lot of Tiger fans there in that same boat. <laughs> and I said, "Can I show you a clip?" And she said, "Oh no!" And it was. Kyle Seeger's home run with Brandon yep. Dixon and Nico Goodrum crashing into each other. Which, by the way, you have two infielders playing the left and center field yeah, spots. Don't don't you love it when uh, your center fielder travels seventy feet as fast as he can to catch a fly <laughs> ball for the left fielder? <laughs> Nico Goodrum can play the outfield, but I think but he's not primarily an infielder. Yeah, like he's just there because he's fast. Yeah, you you cannot. Yeah, he cannot play center field. You need to bring it out. You need to bring up an actual outfielder. And then Brandon Dixon's your first baseman. Yeah, that's like, weird, doing man. Out there? When has he ever been the first baseman? <laughs> Dan Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, what will be the next college basketball program to win March Madness for the first time? We'll answer it next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, the Dodgers and Yankees became the first major league teams to reach 80 wins this season. The last time both teams reached the 80 win mark in the same night was 1953. They went on to meet the World Series that year. They did it in 47, too. And yep. both times, the Yankees won the World Series. How about that? Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Cody Ceci and his common-law partner Jamie Thompson are being sued for a dinner party they hosted in 2018. The party left one of their guests with second- and third-degree burns covering 35% of her body after an accident involving a glass tabletop fireplace. And finally, hunting unicorns is legal in Michigan. How about that? Okay. (laughs) You told me that was going to be a good update. And you didn't disappoint. It uh, gets better. Oh, okay, all right. That's you perfect. don't even have to leave the Upper Peninsula to get a license 
that allows you access to legally hunt unicorns anywhere. All you got to do is take a little three-hour drive from Marquette to Lake Superior State if you're on the way to the Sioux. You don't even need to do that. You can go online to their website, print out their form, free of charge. You can become a licensed unicorn hunter. I am looking at the website right now and the unicorn hunting regulations. The area is open to unicorn hunting if you get their license are the following places. Planet Earth, the unexplored areas of the moon, (laughs) the Milky Way, except Southeast Rim is closed during odd number years. Do they give a reason? No. Oh, Nothing on there. Perfect. However, only one unicorn per month is allowed. A success rate higher than that often results in a form of euphoria, which can cause a mental truss, whatever that means. And female unicorns are not allowed to be hunted because no one has ever seen one, and they are believed to be an endangered species. Experts say that male unicorns likely reproduce asexually. So how about that? When? Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Times of the season on here. This is all from Lake State's official website. All days of the year are open for unicorn hunting except St. Agnes's Eve, which I had to look up as January 20th. All right. However, you can use bow and arrow from October 1st to November 14th, and then again December 1st to January 1st. So what, other days of the year, can you use like a shotgun? It says you can use whatever is legal and they go on to give you some things about what is legal, what is not. Uh, it says unicorns are attracted to sweet talk and William Shakespeare's <laughs> <laughs> sweet talk. Oh, that's perfect. Sweet talk and William Shakespeare's iambic pentameter. However, using artificial light is illegal. Okay. So I think, yes, there is nothing about guns or firearms <laughs> your face is red it's funny <laughs> just imagine oh man i don't even know what, like what you could say like what do they even think is sweet talk but the... oh man i love your horn <laughs> oh, man. uh this is all available on the lake superior state website uh oh they do provide a kit some helpful information what you should take along what they recommend you take <laughs> all along right, all right let me hear this one small flask of cognac What's that? Alcohol. Okay. A one-ounce bottle of unicorn lure. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, what's Lucky Charms? Marshmallows? That might be worth a Google in itself. Maybe, yeah. A pair of pinking shears, a large envelope, one airmail stamp, a nail clipper with a file, one curry comb, a small bottle of hoof and horn polish, and a pair of hoof trimmers. So they're saying you have to make the unicorn before you before you hunt it. I have no that's idea what, what they're saying. That's what it sounds here. like because they're asking you to polish the horns, mm. paint the paint the hooves, and whatnot. And then, like, it sounds like you're going to build the horn or whatever, and then get really drunk off that cognac, and then you're going to kill a horse that's dressed like a unicorn. Maybe the cognac is for the unicorn. Maybe. So that way, it doesn't know it's being hunted. <laughs> You can check out that nonsense for yourself again what at the heck? Lake Superior State website. Who at Lake Superior State went? You know what we should do for mm-hmm. you know what we should do? You know it'd be good media, good press. Mm-hmm. Unicorns. Unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. We could Dude, I, we got to report this, man. Like we got to put this on ABC 10. That's, this is a good story. That's too crazy. Like there's a story to be had here. I I I'm sports. I want I want to go and figure out um <laughs> but like I want to do an investigative story on this, man. 
Nessie is a trend going around lately. Really? What What's is it on? with the, that fake Loch Ness monster picture, the doctor's photo? Wait, like the really famous one, or yeah. is there another one? That no, no, up? no, that one, but it's been photoshopped to make Nessie look like she's doing different things. I don't know why that's a trend or why that's a popular social media thing, but that's going on is right now. Is that the now. latest meme or something? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Loch Ness Monster. Do you believe in Loch Ness Monster? No. I do. Uh, really? I think there is something weird out there. In I, think that, I, I believe in other things. I believe I believe in, like, yetis and whatnot. Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah, a okay. little bit. I, I believe that that's, like, a real thing. I don't believe any of the shows, like, um, uh, <laughs> that you see. Those, those are just something else, man, but... I believe, like, legitimately, I don't know if it's, like, a straight-up Yeti or whatever, or a mm. Sasquatch as we believe it, but I believe, like, you know, some sort of weird large ape that we haven't really fully understood yet or mm. unseen yet. I believe that that's a... How about aliens? Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like you can't not believe in aliens. The universe is so big. Aliens, probably. Like, there probably is something out there because I doubt we've explored even a fraction of the universe. We know more... Yeah, you know what's crazy? It's, like, the same thing about the ocean. It's, mm-hmm. like... How can we say Megalodon doesn't exist anymore for sure? We've explored, we know more about space, which is infinite, mm-hmm. than we do about the bottom of our oceans. Tim Kirkjian was on ESPN Radio early today, and he was talking about Darren Dalton, the former catcher of the Philadelphia Phillies, the late Darren Dalton, and how he wrote several books on things like this, things that people would consider mythology. He was kind of a weird guy in his later years, especially. Yeah. He started talking about. All his thoughts. He, he believes some weird things regarding extraterrestrial life, what have you. Well, well, what were some of the weird things? Because I like, I'd be down to like believe in some weird things, man. But oh, like, I do too. But you know, he's very convinced that aliens were real, which yeah. probably are. There yeah. probably is some sort yeah, of life I, out I would, there. We have yeah, explored. I would not doubt that. I don't want to say he was a conspiracy theorist, but probably wore a little bit of a tin hat at some point in his life. <laughs> okay. Those 1980 Phillies teams. That's what got Kirkjian on the subject. Those Phillies teams were good, and they had a lot of characters on that team. Kurt Schilling, I think it was, would mm-hmm. just sleep in the locker room. All that team did was party. Like, they were the biggest party animals ever, like what John Kruk and what, those guys. What was it about the 80s, man? It was the same thing with the Raiders, mm-hmm. like, in that day, in that decade. But still, the Raiders were able to come out, like, victorious a lot of the time. It's the same thing with the Phillies. I don't think there was ever a team of party animals more than the 1980 Phillies. Like, Kirkjian was talking about, and he, this was my favorite stat from it. One season, 12 players got divorced. <laughs> it's a 25-man roster. Almost half your team got divorced in one summer of Major League Baseball because they're such party animals. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good stat. Uh, that's great. Uh, uh, but, yeah, John Cruck now with uh, the Phillies Broadcast Network. By the way, they were ranked pretty low on the – Announcer like rankings. A, I do too. I, I like Kruk as a broadcaster. I liked him a lot when he was here with ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they had some characters back in the day. But I tell you what, I want to save our our basketball segment for after the break because I don't know that we have enough time to get there. Let's fill it with this. Little League World Series okay. officially starts tomorrow in Williamsport. It will run for the next 10 days. The Williamsport round tomorrow. There is a little bit of a controversy going out of the New England Regional the Rhode Island Little League team is going to represent that region. They are headed to Williamsport, and they'll open play tomorrow. They beat New Hampshire in the regional championship. New Hampshire is now accusing Rhode Island of stealing signs. So we have sign stealing at the Little League level. You know what's crazy? Is I don't even consider that cheating. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. If, if you're going to just like flash your signs out there mm-hmm. or whatever... 
take advantage. You think you don't think major league teams are doing that? Yeah. I got news for you, buddy. They're all doing that. Like, why is that illegal? I don't know. But, it, and I don't even it, know if it's it, illegal. It's like it, one of those yeah. unwritten rules. Is it even, like, technically illegal? No. I don't but, think so. Yeah, that's what you were just asking. To, like, <laughs> yeah, that's not even cheating. Stop complaining. Make your signs better. <laughs> do better. Like, yeah, just don't, do don't, better. If don't you're going to leave something out in the open, don't blame somebody for looking. Do not be sorry. Be better. <laughs> So that's what's going on in the Little League World Series. I also like that event. You like watching that? It's definitely something cool. Mm-hmm. And like we've seen Major League Baseball players come up that played in the Little League World Series. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool to see, too. And it brings up some pretty great moments. Big Al was the thing last year, right? <laughs> Big Al. Yeah. That's always a fun thing. And it's good to see. It's good to also have like some pride in the United States, but still like also be able to root for other people. Because the whole – I like the whole aspect of how they build the Little League World Series. It's mm-hmm. everybody in the U.S. Yep. versus – Everybody else. Yeah. And then they all meet at Williamsport. It makes for a great event. It gives you a chance to, you know, cheer for your hometown, cheer for wherever you live or whatever. But it Mm -hmm. also, in the same sentence, you can say, well, I also really like what Japan is bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And I want to see Japan take on Arizona. Like, that's crazy. But at the same time, like I've said a hundred times, it's crazy to think that the entire world out of the entire world, the best country outside of the United States is still barely over 50% against one individual section of the United States. Yeah. I tell you what, Iowa was one win away from making it to the World Series this year, and then they blew it. Like, they were in the driver's seat, and then Minnesota rallied, and they're mm. going to represent the Midwest Regional, so I was a little bummed about Dang. that. Did you ever uh, did you ever play for, like, an Iowa Little League team? you ever get kind of close? Back in the day, I used to play baseball. My eyesight ended up getting really bad, and I mm, decided okay, to take yeah. a little graceful retirement of some sorts. I'm stepping down. Figured I had a better career doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, I was an outfielder at one point growing up, and I just eventually couldn't see the ball anymore. So I got moved to second base, and I had a fielding percentage. Let's hear this. I'm trying to think. You never have a ball hit to you. <laughs> Is it a zero or a one thousand? Like, well, what is your feeling? It's zero. Design? It's zero over zero, right? Dang it! So, and if you talk to Siri about it, it's like if Cookie Monster had zero cookies <laughs> and divided it among zero friends. It doesn't make any sense. It's unfathomable. And you have no friends. Yeah, and you have no friends. Uh, how about if I just go around saying I never made an error playing high school baseball? There we go. Yeah, absolutely zero errors at second base. In That's fact, perfect. I saved a stolen base one time. Dang. Okay, so you did get something to hit you. Uh, no, no. A uh, runner was stealing second. The shortstop came over to cover. I was backing him up. The ball got by the shortstop, and I kept the ball from going into center field, saved a potential extra, extra 90 feet. Okay. Except I didn't save it with my glove. I saved it with my chest. So, <laughs> but, hey, get, get your body in front of the So ball, it man. hits me in my sternum. Everybody's applauding, cheering, glad that I did it. And I'm just like... <laughs> Are you, sure they, you sure they were cheering for it getting into the alpha, not for the stolen base or whatever? <laughs> I think they were applauding my effort. Gotcha, gotcha. Just okay. throwing my body in the like you're, a you're secret a big serviceman. second baseman. I was a really tall second baseman. Most are, you know, suffer from little man syndrome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the stereotype of second baseman. But no, I was. Uh, I, I like to think I set a new trend by being a six foot two. I was six <laughs> two at the time, second baseman. You're six two in high school. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's crazy. 
Tanner Hoops, John Micah, Hoefling with you. I promise we're going to get to our college basketball segment. We'll do it next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, you can check it out on demand with our free mobile app. Get it from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael, Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along as always. I know we can talk a lot about college basketball, and we're going to. I don't mean to keep pushing it off, but I have one more thing I want to put out in front of you. NBA 2K20 just released their all-decades team for the last four decades. Is this based on like 2K ratings or mm-hmm. something? Okay. This is a list put together by NBA 2K20. Let me give you these decade teams. Tell me if you agree with them. Actually, it's just a starting five for the 80s, 90s, the 2000s, and then the 2010s. Okay. The 1980 all-decade starting lineup. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, who turned 60 today, huh. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Moses Malone. Mm, throw Kareem in there. Throw, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that Kareem wasn't on there. Yeah, the Kareem was the better one of, between Johnson and uh, Johnson and Kareem. For two of those five championships, I think. Whose spot would he take? Because he can't take Johnson. Moses Malone. Moses, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that would be the likely choice. The all-90s list, MJ's on there again. John Stockton, Scottie Pippen, Carl Malone, okay. and Akeem Olajuwon. I wanted to hear Carl Malone's name on there. If I didn't hear Carl <laughs> Malone's name, I was going to get a little upset. I think he deserves to be on here, but are you surprised that they put John Stockton there? I Yeah, a little bit, just because he didn't put up... You know points, and that's what points, anyone cares yeah, about. Or championships. He made his li- <laughs> championships. He made his living through assists. Yeah, and I'm glad he's being recognized for it because that often gets overlooked you way too what, much. You know what's weird? He was like a decent shooter too, mm-hmm. but just like didn't shoot. No, <laughs> they yeah. had other guys for that. Uh, the all 2000s team, and nobody would beat this team. This is probably the best lineup of any of them: Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, and Shaq. Yeah. That's unbeatable. For me, this might sound a little weird, but I think Shaq is like probably the most dominant force ever in basketball. He might be. Like I think LeBron, even in LeBron's like prime, at, at LeBron's best, he could not handle Shaq's best. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, think, I don't disagree like, or agree. I LeBron, don't know. LeBron's faster, and that allows him to have the ball more and do more stuff on defense, like around the perimeter, and that allows him to get more stats to get more. You know, people looking at him because usually the ball is played around the perimeter, and mm-hmm. that's where LeBron plays and whatnot. But Shaq just straight up, if Shaq challenged Shaq in his prime, challenged LeBron to a one on one, I think Le- I think Shaq would take it. The All Twenty Tens team: Stephen Curry, good LeBron again, yep, James Harden, uh. Kevin Durant, yep. How about this one, Dwight Howard? Mm. <laughs> that one's maybe a little hot take. Mm. I don't know if I like that last one. Yeah, I don't know about that Maybe one. 2010 to 2014. Yeah, but you know, the second half of the decade... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's got to count, doesn't it? Yeah, at least a little bit, right? I can think of a couple other people, uh, yeah. I think. Uh, any, either of the Gasols. Hmm, okay. Uh, which, uh, the center position just disappeared, man. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but definitely either of the Gasols, I think, are a little more deserving than... I mean, the Gasols have both won championships, which Dwight Howard can't say. Right. Uh, who else is there? I think Kevin Love would be a, would be serviceable also. He didn't have the height that Dwight Howard reached, but I think he was way more consistent, and he's still an all-star. Throughout the whole decade, yeah. yeah. He, he's still an all-star. Double-double machine still. Mm, 
I don't. I wouldn't say he's an all star. He was an all star last year. I, I'm. I don't think he is truly an all star. He made the all. He, he's. He made the all. He, he made the all star team. Yeah, he's not an all star. <laughs> Did he make the all star yeah. team? Are you sure? Yes, I am one thousand percent sure about this. This past winter. Yes, we're gonna have to double check that. I just don't think they can compare to that. Oh, also, what team. about Anthony Davis? Okay, I like that one. Yeah, because he's been around long enough. He got drafted yeah. what twenty thirteen. Yeah, he's been around long enough. Yeah, he I mean, could probably Steph put him Curry up there. didn't even like show up until twenty fourteen. So, but Anthony Davis never won a championship. Yeah, that's true. But then again, neither did Dwight Howard. So okay, all right, I like that. Does James Harden beat on there? Surprise a little bit. A little bit, just because he was the sixth man for like the first half. Yeah. But he won an MVP, so I can't really say, like, oh, he hasn't proven himself or whatever, and he's been in the MVP conversation for at least five of these years now. Right. So that's half the decade with MVP talks surrounding James Harden. I like that. Well, I tell you what, what is the best college basketball program without a national championship? That question could differ, then, who will be the next program that's never Mm -hmm. wanted to win a national championship. Because Houston, the University of Houston, might be the best program all time that's never won a national championship. Back in the 80s, they were at the pinnacle of college basketball. But they're not anywhere close to winning a national championship in nope. basketball anytime soon. You can say that they are the best program to never win it, but they're not going to anytime soon. Yeah. So who is? Who would be the next program? I've got a few schools in mind. Help me narrow my list down. Let me give you the one that I'm leaning towards the most. Okay, I have one that I would think I'll probably disagree with you on, but... I'm leaning toward Texas Tech. Okay, yeah, that's not the one, but yeah, that's the one I would probably most agree with you on. Chris Beard can coach. Yeah, they've they've ro- risen astronomically. No one expected it. What well, seed were they? Were they like a three seed this three year? Seed this it wasn't year, yeah. bad, but no one thought they'd go on that run that they did, and they did it with defense. Yeah, defense was championships, man. <laughs> it used to. Sometimes it still, it still does. does. Still does, man. Look it, at these past couple years. Kawhi Leonard, uh, even the Warriors prior to this year, were their dynasty was built on solid defense and good shooting. And they were always top ten in the league in defensive efficiency. I think three parts good shooting, one part defense. <laughs> Texas Tech, I think, is a school that could very well win a national championship within the next five years, maybe. Yeah. For sure, yeah. ten. I would say they're, back they're, ten. They're bringing back a lot of good people. They too. are. Yeah. They are. And Chris Beard is just, he has won and, everywhere he goes. Yeah, and now that they have won, like, or they've had success, they're going to be able to attract way more, way more recruits. And that's a big deal also. So they're, they're only going to get better. I tell you what, a few others that I think have a chance at winning a national championship sometime soon, they're on the rise and they've never won March Madness before, I don't buy in on Gonzaga. Okay, thank you. All right, that was the one team that I thought you were going to say. No. But yeah, I don't buy in. I don't buy in. They've reached it. their pinnacle, I think. I think they have too. Dang, Tanner. You and I, something about it. We click. We I know, click yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kelly Olenek is not walking back through that door. Even if he was, he's not going to deliver you an NCAA yeah. championship. They constantly underwhelm in March, save for that season, what was it, two years ago they made the Natty Final? Yeah. And they lost to North Carolina. And that was their pinnacle. That was their pinnacle. That's it. I don't think they're close to winning a national championship. Yeah, they're 26-4 every year. They play in the WCC. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like it's the same thing that we talked about earlier in the show. It's how far can you get? Mm-hmm. It's at what point do you think... All right, we're not getting that far. But no. since they've had so much success, I doubt anything's going to change anytime soon. They think that they're really close. Mm-hmm. They're uh, not. I, yeah. The, the, no matter what. They're like the cotangent function. No matter what they do, they, they will never touch the pie. They're like the what? 
cotangent function. A little math joke. Not there. a clue. Which okay, yeah. I'm sorry. That 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 was a little out there. You had to reach for that one. I, I just don't understand it. I, I mean, mean here, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I don't know if you had to reach for it or not. <laughs> I don't have a here, clue. I'll, I'll pull up a picture of the cotangent function and I'll show you what I mean. Oh, that's good radio. Pull yeah, up a picture. Sorry, sorry, but I, I no, I gotta explain it to you a little bit. But if you're at home right now listening. Uh, not while you're driving, don't do this. But look up the cotangent punk function. You'll understand what I mean when How I do you say spell you, that. Cotangent, co, tangent. Like C O. Yeah, C O T A N G E N T. It's yeah. The asymptotes are the pi. So no matter what they do, they can never touch the pi. What is an asymptote? Asymptote. Okay, my gosh. Are we are we having like high school math lessons right? All right. I didn't pay attention. So uh, an asymptote is a vertical or horizontal imaginary line that a function can never reach, no matter what. It will never touch it, but it will exponentially get closer and closer with every increasing step. But, but it will never, never touch. But it will never reach it. Sounds like a naughty word. Which one, cotangent or asymptote? <laughs> uh, probably both of them in a way. You're if you use, say it the you're right you're way, gonna they use them, you're going to use them in your next adventure. My next adventure? Yeah, th- th- I thought that was a pretty PC word. <laughs> uh, yeah. Getting back to basketball. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Is Gonzaga? This could be a poll question. Is Gonzaga basketball's version of UCF? Ooh, that's a good. Yeah. Question. They're kind of comparable in that sense. Yeah, yeah, we're we have a great record. We're going to be national champions because we eat cupcakes all season long. Except, you know what? The only thing that uh, that UCF actually holds over Gonzaga in that what? sense is that UCF doesn't get invited to the tournament and therefore can make claims when they want to. Gonzaga has no excuse. Yep. Okay, I can buy into that. A couple others I want to get to before we run out of time. How about Auburn? You think they're close? I just don't see the SEC winning anytime soon. Yeah, unless I mean, unless Ken- Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah, Auburn is going in the right direction with Bruce Pearl, but how far can a Bruce Pearl team go? Well, also, I think that they had a really like yeah. I don't think Bruce Pearl is championship winning coach first, but second, they had a pretty like easy road to the Final Four in this sense. Like they did have that one really tough game. I'll, I'll give them their game against. Uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But other than North Carolina, they had arguably the worst Kansas team we've seen in a decade. Mm-hmm. They had, I don't even know who their first round matchup was. Like, the fact that I can't even Didn't, name... Wasn't that New Mexico State? Yeah, New And Me- they got fouled on the way to the basket and missed a three-pointer yeah. like, like, they probably should have they sh- lost they that game. They should have they won that game. New Mexico State should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, thank you. I remember that now because I did a, did a thing on it. Like, our news director... I was sitting in this chair watching it. I'm yeah. thinking, what are you doing? Yeah, hit free throws. They're free. It just They just sort of reached out. I can tell you the two seed in every other bracket, I feel mm-hmm. like. But they just couldn't do it. Nature kind of works itself out in a way, too, because they should have, in all logic, just taken care of business and made it to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. But then they really blew that game against Virginia. Yeah. But Auburn, I don't know how close they are to winning a national championship. I mean, they'll probably be I th- pretty good for the next few years. Uh, but the, the, I, I the, still don't think yeah. they're on the horizon. Well, it's like I said. They were good, so they'll get good recruits. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how much of this was just a leap of fate where just somehow they they found all the right moments, they got really hot at the right time, and just pulled their way through. Like, yeah, they were good in the regular season, but nobody was saying, oh, this is a national championship. This is even... nobody. Yeah, no one even thought s- that about Texas Tech. Yeah, but nobody was even saying that this was a Final Four team. I know a lot of people who had Texas Tech in their Final Four. I considered putting Texas Tech in my Final Four for okay. a while, but I, I don't know anybody who thought they were going to get past Kansas. 
I think Auburn is going to be a good team for a while. They'll be top half of the SEC for sure. What about the over the next five years? You think they're an elite eight level team, Sweet Sixteen? I don't what think, do you think. I don't think they'll get back to where they were. Not to the Final Four. Not no. to the Final Four. But you think they can be a definitely Sweet Sixteen? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if they have a really bad, if some things go right, I think maybe they could get back to the like Final Four level, mm-hmm. where it's like they have a really bad start to the season, and therefore, oh, they're starting to get lower, and all of a sudden they're uh, they end up as like a six seed, and then in the um, in the March Madness tournament, and then all of a sudden, oh, you just gotta be one three seed, gotta be one two seed, and you're in. So I think that with a couple things going right, they could bounce back to the Final Four, but I don't think they'll ever win the championship, at least not with what they currently have. I've got a couple more schools I want to get to before we sign off. A few years ago, if you would have asked me last year, maybe I would have put LSU on this list, but there's just so much turmoil in that mm-hmm. athletic department right yeah. now. Yeah. I don't think that they're close. Last Plus year, I might have said that they would. <laughs> and the last one, you could argue that they are the most storied programs, never won a title instead of Houston. But Oklahoma, no, no, I don't think they're close either. I, I, I think Texas Tech would definitely like if we're talking about who's going to be the first one. I still think Texas Tech is way okay. closer than Oklahoma is. I lied. How about one more? Okay, Texas. I think their best shot came with Kevin Durant. I don't even know who they have. Well, no one really can name anybody that they have. Like <laughs> the best player they've had since Kevin Durant was arguably Mo Bamba, and they didn't do anything with him. No, and Mo Bamba was a beast in college. Mm-hmm. I just can't see them making that next step in basketball, joining the elites. By all logic, they should. They should have by now, a school like Texas. If they haven't done it now, though, I'm not sure that they will. Texas is like the New York Knicks of <laughs> college go basketball. That far. Well, not saying that they're bad. I'm saying that everybody wants to go to them. Yeah. Or at least for a while. I don't, think, I don't think that that's the case with the New York Knicks anymore. But it's just Texas, no matter what, will always hold relevance in college sports. And I think that that's what it's got going for them. But at the same time, it doesn't hold enough. They don't have, hold enough relevance. They do hold some, but they don't hold enough to get to where they want to be, which is, of course, national championships. Danner Hoops, John Michael Hofling with you. Glad to have you along. Any other schools you want to throw up there before we sign off, or did we like, have them all? You're talking about schools that I think are close to winning a national championship? Mm-hmm. No, man. We, we, I think we There's got nothing, a good list like there. The Pac 12 is awful. <laughs> <laughs> nothing from the Pac 12. Has Arizona even won a championship? Has Arizona, Arizona's won a championship. Way back, in I the thought day. they did. I could be wrong. I know, I know, Oregon and Stanford have won once, yep. like in the forties or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Well, I tell you what, uh, at least the Pac-12 still has tennis. They're pretty good at. It. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty uh, good tennis conference. Yeah, Baseball yeah, for the, the regular season, they're good. Yeah, they're pretty good at women's soccer too. Okay, that's also yeah. So they've got a couple things going for them. <laughs> Not football and basketball. Though. No, no. I tell you what, you mentioned that you've got some stuff with high school football over at ABC 10. Anything else you got going on you want us to be aware of? Well, of course, Monday Minute's going to return next week featuring Devontae Adams because I think he's elite. Okay. He's I elite. I disagree with you. Yeah. He's arguably top five, for sure top ten. Uh, he's he's definitely top five. Really? Yes. He's definitely, okay, I wouldn't say he's definitely top three, but he's definitely top five. I was watching the video over last weekend since I had nothing better to do on a Saturday. Okay. I thought... Uh, I was watching, and they were listing all the elite receivers, and his name didn't even come up. And that that made me want to do a Monday Minute, so I'm going to do that. Okay. I would love to sit here and get in a debate with you about it, but we're out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. Uh, we'll save this for next week, then. We'll see you then. Yeah, sounds good. All right. That's it for us. Thanks again for listening. I'm back on tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Hoops and Hoefling, we out. See you tomorrow.